Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Ranting Redneck Podcast. On today's show, we're going to discuss the COVID vaccination and the mass push by the government and the political left in this country to basically force everyone to accept vaccination or to be completely ostracized from society. Now, let's go back and we'll start with a little bit of background on this quote-unquote vaccination. It is... There were never any proper clinical trials done with this vaccination. It was basically rushed to market without FDA approval. It is being administered under an emergency use authorization, which basically says the house is on fire. We don't care what we spray on it. And it's being pushed as, you know, the end all be all. This is what gets us back to normal, which is quite interesting because they have basically in recent weeks come out and said you can get the COVID vaccination and then you can still catch COVID. You can still transmit COVID. You are supposed to wear a mask in public and indoors. They're calling this a pandemic of the unvaccinated, but they're basically saying that if you're vaccinated, you're no better off. The vaccine doesn't prevent you from catching it. It doesn't prevent transmission. It basically accomplishes nothing. It is vaccinations, you know, typically throughout history have been used inactivated or weakened forms of a virus, you know, as in smallpox, polio, rubella, mumps, measles, all these different vaccinations that we received as kids. And now they are basically pushing a vaccination that is supposed to tell your body how to produce a protein that triggers an immune response and teaches your immune system to recognize and attack the COVID virus. Now, using the guidelines that we have just used with, you can still catch it, you can still transmit it, you should still wear a mask, Let's look back and imagine how some of the other major, well-known, famous vaccine rollouts would have looked if they were done by that standard. On March 26th of 1953, Dr. Jonas Salk went on a radio station and he announced to the world that he had developed a vaccination for polio. And... If he had done that by the same standard that we're seeing with the COVID vaccine, it would have sounded a lot like this, basically. Hello, my name is Dr. Jonas Salk, and I'm joining this radio show to announce to the world that I have developed a vaccination for polio virus. And... Everybody's sitting at home. They're gathered around their radios. They're freaking out. Oh, wow, we have a vaccine for polio. We're all saved. And then he says, but if you take this vaccination for polio, you can still catch polio. But you'll only lose the use of one leg. And if it reaches your respiratory system, you'll only lose the use of one lung. And all of a sudden, everybody's leaning back from the radio going, what? 
I'm pretty sure that there would have been a line of people outside that radio station by the time he left that would have essentially beat him, hogtied him, and dropped him outside the city limits sign. But it's okay with the COVID vaccine to say, well, you can still catch it, but your symptoms won't be as bad. Well, that's like saying, okay, let's give you this rabies shot, but you're still going to foam out of one side of your mouth. The it's well, it just scares me because we have no idea down the road what we're looking at for side effects. And these manufacturers of this safe and effective vaccination were granted blanket immunity from any future potential liability over side effects. If you have a safe product, you're willing to stand behind it and you don't need any kind of immunity from liability. You're willing to face up and say, we stand behind our product. We know that it's safe. And as far as effective, if it was effective, you wouldn't see them telling people wear a mask. You can still catch it. You can still transmit it. And I don't want anyone to think that I am against vaccinations per se and that I fault or am trying to belittle anyone who has had this vaccination because I believe that in this country we have a thing called personal choice. And if your personal choice is to take this vaccination, I 100% respect that. You may feel that you have risk factors. You may be required by your employer. You may feel like, you know, you're going to be around people that have vulnerabilities to this. And for that reason, you choose to take the vaccination. And I am 100% okay with that. I do not fault you for that. I would never belittle someone for that. I just think that my choice not to take it should be equally respected. And that's not what we're seeing in this country. We're seeing a push to tell people, if you're not going to be vaccinated, you can't go in the grocery store or you can't go to the movie theater or, you know, they're trying to ostracize and further divide our society between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And the last thing we need as a society in this country is to be further divided by any of this. You essentially are seeing the results of people, our country having people in high ranking health positions like head of the National Institutes of Health, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who in the 80s promised we will develop a vaccine for HIV and AIDS. And as best I recall, we still don't have that. We have therapeutic drugs that have sometimes some bad side effects, but are somewhat effective to the best we know and but we have never seen a vaccination and this vaccination they claim you can catch it but your symptoms will be less i'm not a doctor i didn't go to medical school but the last i knew things that mitigated symptoms were known as therapeutics there's no such thing as a vaccine that takes away high blood pressure, but there are drugs you can take that mitigate high blood pressure that are known as therapeutics. Early on in this so-called pandemic, we saw several therapeutics being pushed in the metal 
by the government and some members of the medical community just absolutely blackballing and destroying people over these therapeutics, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, things that were used with success and but because it was under the Donald Trump administration and big pharmacy, big pharma hadn't made their money out of it yet. These people were blackballed. They were ridiculed. They were humiliated. They were threatened with losing their license. There was all kinds of bad things that happened, you know, and it all came down to, they were not going to let the Trump administration say, Hey, we've accomplished something. We have a win here, you know? So they allowed people to suffer through this worse than it needed to be. And then when the Trump administration and Operation Warp Speed started talking about vaccination, all the people that are now pushing and claiming you should be ostracized from society if you're not vaccinated. And, you know, they were the rebels. They were Kamala Harris saying, well, if Donald Trump says to take it, I'm not going to take it. And now she's pushing for everybody needs to be vaccinated. We need to, you know, there needs to be consequences. If you're not, there's all this same garbage that is just a complete reversal of previously stated opinions. And you see people like Anthony Fauci, who, you know, he pushes this vaccination and masks and the guy basically changes his view on things more often than he changes his socks. He, he's enjoying this spotlight. He's going to do everything he can to keep this spotlight. He was a nobody bureaucrat that 99.9% .9 of the population had no idea who he was. All of a sudden, here comes COVID. Here comes Anthony Fauci diving right into the spotlight. Well, we shouldn't wear masks. Well, now you should wear a mask. Well, you should get vaccinated. Well, you can still get sick if you're vaccinated. If you're vaccinated, you don't need a mask. If you're vaccinated, you need a mask. It's become such a matter of routine for this guy to change his opinions on things that I just you know, you never know where the guy's going to come out tomorrow. He's going to come out tomorrow and say, if you stand on your head and count backwards, then you're protected from COVID. And then the next day it'll be, well, if you stand on your head and count backwards, you're going to die. It's the strangest situation we have ever seen in this country, in my opinion, easily. The development of vaccines takes years. It's just a fact of life. It takes years. The polio vaccine research that began in 1935 culminated with the first effective vaccine actually being declared safe and effective in 1955. It was announced in 1953. A, at the time, largest clinical trial in history began in 1954. And this was also the first time that a clinical trial was done as what's known as a double blind study where neither the patients nor the physicians that were attending the trial knew who received the actual vaccine and who received a placebo. And none of this was done with this COVID vaccine that they're trying to push on everyone and are so concerned about 
you know, we've got to get this in people's arms. Literally a statement that's been made by politicians such as Andrew Cuomo of New York, who said, we need to get people in cars and take them and get this in vaccine in their arms. And, you know, all the people that every time Donald Trump basically said anything, they were screaming, oh, literally Hitler. This guy's literally Hitler, which is singularly asinine in that anyone who is not named Hitler is literally not Hitler. But these same people are screaming for the government to seize more and more power and more and more control over our day-to-day lives in the interest of the greater good or public safety, which is basically just phrases that mean your individual liberty can kiss my ass. You don't, the answer not, never is the answer to any problem, more government. And you, if you look back at, you know, the origins of this virus and all the stories and all the things they claim are true and they claim are false. One of the things that went on was something called gain of function research. And what gain of function research is, is basically taking a virus and saying, okay, this virus can't do this. We're going to modify it so it can. So we can do research on it once it does this. For instance, you might take something that affects only horses. And because trying to do research using horses is expensive, you might modify it to where it will affect a rabbit. You could also take something that doesn't affect humans and modify it so it affects humans. And ostensibly, the reason this is done is to allow the CDC and the WHO and, you know, all these different alphabet agency, medical agencies to be able to be better prepared. We want to find out how we can fight it if it decides it can, if it mutates to affect humans. So by doing this, we're going to mutate it so it affects humans, which kind of seems like having somebody on the balcony pissing on people's heads next to your umbrella stand. Hey, look, your hair's wet. You need an umbrella. It's, and a lot of this gain of function research that we saw, now we know was funded by U.S. taxpayer dollars from the National Institute of Health. In 2014, there were concerns about the potential direction and the snowball down the hill effect of some of this gain of function research. And it was cut off. And going down the road, as the director of the National Institute of Health, a lot of this was controlled by Anthony Fauci. He, in 2017, reinstated funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to do gain of function research on coronaviruses. Now, he's gotten in front of Congress and on TV and said, we didn't fund gain of function research on coronaviruses when it's been proven that it happened. You know, that U.S. taxpayer dollars basically funded that research that very well may have led to a national pandemic that is now giving taxpayer dollars in the tens of billions to these pharmaceutical companies 
for a vaccination to prevent this that doesn't actually prevent it, that doesn't protect anyone from catching it or transmitting it. It really looks a lot like, if you remember from Mission Impossible, the Chimera and Bellerophon scenario where someone created a pandemic or a potential pandemic, I should say, in order to make money off the cure for it. It really looks like a person could think that, you know, and you can scream conspiracy theory or whatever you want to, but the interesting thing about conspiracy theories over all this is about every time you hear a conspiracy theory within a month and a half to two months, suddenly your conspiracy theory is on the news and we find out that that's what actually happened. And it's kind of an odd feeling in this country to run out of conspiracy theories because everything keeps coming true and you see it on the news and, you know, you see once again, guys like Fauci on the news that are, denying that they provided funding for the things that very possibly led to this, whether you think it was an intentional leak or it accidentally got away, or that's probably a subject for another show and can probably go an entire show. The bottom line of a lot of this is that we're seeing our government use this vaccination to try to seize more power to seize more control you're seeing them like through vaccine push for vaccine passports and things that constitutionally they are constrained from doing they're working with private companies and private industry to try to get them to force people to do it when we have the white house literally come out and say that they are working with social media companies flagging posts as misinformation so the social media companies can get rid of them, you know that you're not going to find out the truth because that is literally the government saying, we don't want people saying this, but the First Amendment says we can't stop them. It doesn't say that Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, these people can't stop them, so we will work with them and get them to do our bidding. That's what you're seeing with these vaccination pushes, um, you know, the COVID passports, the wanting employers to mandate and require that their employees do what the government says they need to do. And they're doing that with a vaccination that hasn't been proven. It hasn't been proven safe. It hasn't been proven effective. The only thing that's been proven is no matter what happens down the road, the companies that made it are not liable for any damages that occur to anyone. That's a very scary scenario. That's a scenario where, you know, every year you turn on your TV and you see these ads. If you took this pharmaceutical product for this condition, you may be entitled to compensation. They screwed up. You're going to get paid for it. Well, that, is not the situation with this vaccine. This one is, you know, if four years down the road, we find out that this is the next thalidomide and is causing horrific birth defects, or, you know, we find out that five years down the road, people are having heart attacks walking down the street. There's no liability for that. There's no recourse for those people. They are basically told you are on your own. Yes, we talked your employer into forcing you to do this, 
but you're on your own if it goes wrong. And in this country, that's not the way things are supposed to work. It's supposed to be you're responsible for your own actions. You know, there's a thing along with personal freedom and personal choice comes personal responsibility and accountability. And we have taken that away with giving immunity to people who are pushing a product on the public that we know nothing about the long-term effects of. We don't know a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. We don't know what's going to come out of all of this. The only thing we know is that right now they are basically pushing untested genetic therapy on people and telling them that if you want to participate in society, we will find a way to force you to take this vaccination. Personal freedom in this country basically states that we don't have to do that. Work around through that for the government is working with private industry. And the freedom there is there's far more latitude for them to dictate what you can and can't do in your life. I hear a lot of people scream that a vaccine passport or having to show proof of vaccination violates HIPAA. And that's actually not factually correct because basically what HIPAA does is prevent your medical provider from providing, from furnishing your information or disseminating your information without your consent. For asking you a medical question by an employer or by whomever else, they're allowed to ask that. And if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to, but they don't have to employ you. So, you know, the government has found a way to get around those protections that were determined to keep you from your information being disseminated or you having the freedom to make your own choices. Eventually, we don't know how far this is going to be carried, but we're seeing the push to keep it going with things like the Delta variant, the Colombian variant, which I didn't think we were allowed to say anymore because apparently using regions to name diseases is racist, but they're calling it that. We have the Lambda variant. All these variants are just one. We have no way to determine this because the testing that they use, the PCR testing is inaccurate at best and certainly cannot differentiate one strain of a virus from another. So basically this is all guesswork. You know, they're, the symptoms are the same. They have no test that can differentiate it, but they're going by the fact that, Hey, we can keep this going by using this. And typically viruses change over time. You know, we see different strains of influenza every year. That's the reason people go get a flu shot every year. If viruses never changed, if you'd had a common cold one time in your life, you'd never be susceptible to the common cold again. But, you know, the majority of people get a cold at least once a year. It's just part of life. I think that pretty much wraps up our ranting and rambling about the COVID vaccination and the accompanying problems that and issues that we see with it. I think that we're going to have a next segment that we're going to talk a little bit about this kangaroo court mess that they're calling the January 6th committee and the hearings associated with it and all of the silliness that an asinine 
comments that we've seen come out of the media and from our political leadership. So we'll come back in a minute and we'll have a discussion about that. Hello, welcome back to the inaugural episode of the Ranting Redneck podcast. We're going to kind of dig in a little bit, not going to get too deep, but going to kind of look at this January 6th committee that's been formed in the House of Representatives and all the hoopla and the garbage surrounding it. As everyone knows, on January 6th, protesters entered the U.S. Capitol building and they, people were in the representatives' offices and, you know, a bunch of ignorance went on, but it's being painted as some kind of violent armed insurrection, which is asinine at best when you factor in there were no firearms confiscated. There was, you know, of the arrests, nobody was armed. So, but now we have this committee that they're forming in the House of Representatives to investigate this. And this was touted as we're going to create a bipartisan committee to investigate the events of January 6th. Well, when Kevin McCarthy appointed Representatives Jim Jordan of Ohio and Jim Banks of Indiana, who have both been, you know, are very outspoken conservatives and very much the, you know, we're going to speak out for the people that voted for us types, Nancy Pelosi chose to, out of pocket, exercise her authority as Speaker of the House to reject those appointments and in their place appoint Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, who are probably the two biggest never-Trump quote-unquote Republicans in Congress. You know, the, the only thing they haven't done is change their party registration. They are very much lapdogs for Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party. So, she automatically took bipartisanship out of the equation. Now we fast forward and we're at the hearings being held by this January 6th committee. And you have Adam Kinzinger, you have various Capitol Police officers. They're all putting on this drama show. They're getting on camera. They're crying. They were in fear for their lives. You have, you know, AOC that has publicly said she was afraid she was going to be raped on that day. You know, they make it sound like there was this violent invasion when essentially you had some dude that thinks he's a buffalo and somebody's grandma walking through the Capitol building. And you had all these representatives going and hiding and cowering and going into tunnels and bunkers and getting away when there really was not a physical threat to them. But the narrative in this day and age is more important than the facts. The narrative that this was violent insurrection incited by Donald Trump and Republican representatives and, you know, that that is more important than any facts that will come out. And most of the facts will never come out because you have Capitol Police footage, you have, you know, security video that will never be released. Anything that doesn't fit that narrative, we'll never see. You've got a Capitol Police officer that swears up and down that people were hollering racial slurs and chanting racial slurs at people. And, you know, it's 2021. Nothing in this country happens in a vacuum. 
everything, there's a camera somewhere. Police body cameras, security cameras, hundreds of cell phones on every street corner recording every little thing that happens. Because everybody wants to be the one that gets that next viral video. So you're going to tell me that for 20 or 30 seconds of this, somebody was sitting there chanting these racial slurs and nobody caught it on video? Folks, that doesn't happen this day and age. So, you know, but the narrative that this was some kind of terrible, racist, violent insurrection, in the interest of preserving that, they're not going to release that video. We're not going to know what happened. We're not ever going to see, you know, learn the actual facts of it. Jordan, Banks, those guys may have really pushed to bring the actual facts out. They may have fought to get video released. We're not going to see that with Nancy's lapdogs being the Republicans serving on this committee. It's never going to happen. We're just never going to know. What we do know is that narrative over facts and political theater and hyperbole are the order of the day. And they're going to do everything they can to try to push and drag this out and try to make conservatives look worse. You know, and we as conservatives, conservatives in this country are hard-pressed to defend ourselves because the narrative now is, if you think different than I do, well, you're just wrong. And we see that not just with the Democrats. We see that with... We see conservatives attack other conservatives because there's little minor incremental differences in what they believe. We're never going to get past things like this partisan January 6th committee if we don't get over that. Well, that's about all we've got just for you this evening, and hopefully you'll join us next week when we'll find something else we can dig into and rant a little bit about. Thanks for listening.